Uh, all right, it's time for uh, the quarantine edition of the virtual Bible study tonight. Uh, well, we're, yeah. we're in isolation. We're all socially distanced from one another. Yeah, but we're going to get started. We've got several things to talk about. A lot of things that are pertinent to uh, the crisis at hand is still. We've been talking a lot about that, but we're going to continue to talk some about that. And we're going to get started uh, right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, April 9th, 2020. We're glad that you're here with us on the program tonight, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, the best way for you to do that on the program tonight is by dialing or by emailing questions at collegeview.com. We're joining us in the chat room tonight. We're not going to be able to do phones uh, with the, this edition of the program tonight, uh, but we're glad that you're here. We look forward to hearing from you. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Great to be with you, Jacob. Good to be with you. In, in virtual space. Yeah, right. Uh, not not ideal at all, but uh, we'll make it work. Kyle's here. I don't know if we can hear Kyle or not. Kyle's got some Internet connection problems tonight. Kyle, are you there? Oh, uh, maybe not. Kyle is way out. Yep, I'm here. Oh, he's there. He's here. <laughs> Kyle is way right. out. He doesn't have great connectivity, so we may we had trouble getting him getting all his audio. But we're glad Kyle's with us. Hopefully, that'll improve here in a little bit, so we can get some comments from Kyle. Dad, uh, yep. you sent out some questions for us earlier uh, today to think about, and a lot of things that connected to this uh, the situation that we're in now, and we've not really touched on these. Uh, yet, and we've been talking about this for a while, but we haven't touched on these issues. These are issues that are on people's minds uh, still uh, today, and so we wanted to talk about uh, about some of these and uh, yeah, so probably apply to us today. Correct. So earlier today, went out to our update list these questions. Which, well, mind you, you can get on our update list if you're not. Send us any other questions at collegeu.com. But here's the questions we sent out earlier today. Number one. List the verses of Scripture that you feel are most comforting as we face this immediate crisis. I, you know, the, the Bible is a book of great comfort, and uh, we don't want to overlook that as we're dealing with this crisis. So what are some Scriptures that you draw comfort from dur- during a time like this? Number two, how should we view instructions from our government that, that seek to regulate travel from home, uh, gathering in large groups? That's, how, how should we view those governmental instructions. Number three, as our economy is increasingly affected by this crisis and as more people begin to suffer economically, what things should be taken into account concerning benevolence toward those in need? Specifically, what things should we consider congregationally uh, and individually about benevolence? And then finally, I think this is an interesting question. I haven't heard I haven't heard our brother talk, brethren talking about this at all. But there are some people suggesting that this worldwide pandemic is a judgment sent from God. Is it? Do you believe it is? If you do, say why. If you don't, say why. Is and that- and I heard today that the Pope says this is a result of global warming, that it's sort of our punishment for global warming. So that's from the Pope. The Pope said so. Okay. And I don't know. He, he has the hotline to heaven, so maybe that's the message that uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Now let's, start, let's start out, though, Jacob, with that one that I think. It is really needed, and that is the scriptures that people find to be especially comforting in a time like this. And we got we got a good number of email responses. And I think Jacob, watching the chat room to see if anything comes in there. I suppose I am watching there, but so yeah, lots of people signing in there. Well, if you've got some company verses in the chat room, and I share those with us in the chat room. 
Okay. All right. Uh, Kent uh, sent us an email. Kent's down in Calhoun, Georgia. He referenced Second Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 10 uh, as a company verse. He says it deals with the temporal nature and brevity of physical life on earth. The faithful Christian can find comfort from the scriptures during times of problems and trials and noting that faithfulness to Christ will, in conjunction with the grace of God, bring us to glory. Uh, so if he likes Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 1 through 10. Uh, talking about the brevity of life, uh, the assurance that, uh, that we will have our bodies resurrected. Uh, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Uh, so, so the, the, idea, so the of, idea is this is not, this is not the be all and end all. No matter what we may de- be dealing with here, we're looking for something that's completely in a different realm. That's so right. Kit, yeah. And then, and verse, and I like verse nine at the end of that. Uh, verse 9 and 10, as we talk to think about the brevity of life, it puts into perspective uh, what we need to be living for. Verse 9, beginning, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Why? Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So he says, you know, the brevity of life, then you put that in focus with the idea of uh, accountability and uh, how we live our lives. And then Kid also mentioned 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. He says it's a passage that will sustain the faithful Christian during times of trial. Though the context of this verse does not deal with, the, with sickness and disease, the underlying principle of God making provision for us in difficult times demonstrates that through a proper application of the Scripture to our lives, it gives us hope that God will give us the proper care that we need. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, Paul was talking about his thorn in the flesh, and he said, uh, that he, when he prayed about the thorn in the flesh that he was dealing with, uh, the answer he got to his prayer was, My grace is sufficient for thee, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather, Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so he, he references how Paul dealt with his thorn in the flesh, uh, as uh, a comforting thing in times of trouble. Uh, and here's uh, Eric from Columbia. He sends in James chapter 4, verse 14, uh, which says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. You know, uh, I don't guess we've ever realized that any truer than now. Uh, if you had said 30 days ago, if you had said this time last month, hey, on April 9th, uh, you're going to be on lockdown, and the society is going to be basically shut down. And that the virtual Bible study, after 15 years, is going to have to go remote. Going remote. You said, you're crazy. No way in the world. But that just tells you how uncertain things are. Uh, and that passage that Eric referenced there is a good reminder of that. Yeah. Daniel in Florida uh, sends in... Um, several verses here. We won't have time to read them all, but he, he mentions, I think, a really good one from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, uh, uh, in which Jesus said, Matthew 6, beginning verse 25, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. They're gathering to barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? And so, uh, kind of a longer passage, and it runs clear to the end of the chapter, but I think, I think that's a good one, Daniel, that Jesus is saying, you know, we've got a heavenly Father. If he watches out for the fowls of the air, certainly he will watch out for us. Uh, also mentions Romans chapter 8, and I had that on my list too, Daniel. Romans chapter 8, uh, uh, verses 38 and 39. Uh, Paul says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think that's a, a really good one also. All right. He also references Philippians chapter 4, and that's a verse, a passage that Mohan uh, referenced as well in, in Illinois. Daniel references verses 12 and 13. Where it says, I know how to be a base and how to abound uh, everywhere and in all things. I've learned both to be full cool and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, so definitely a company passion. Then Mohan references a little bit later in that uh, passage, verse 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by 
technology, Christ Jesus. So appreciate that. And then Mohan referenced Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Uh, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thank you, Mohan. Very, very good. Very good. Um, these are all, all great. I think really helpful. Um, Michael Johnson sends in and says, I'm comforted in the fact that this pandemic and unique time in our lives gives us a great opportunity to be an example to those in the world and make them think about their spiritual standing. Are they going to see us as Christians being a full, in full-blown panic mode or backbiting and mean to one another? Or will they see us conduct ourselves in a godly manner with peace and love toward one another? Uh, so I think he makes a great point. Michael Johnson makes a great point that you know, this is a time, this is an opportunity, this is, a, this is an opening for us to make an impression upon the people in our community. He references 1 Peter 2, verse 12, Have your conversation or manner of life honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they make by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And it mentions Matthew 5, verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. He says, in the past, especially in other countries, times of trial, uh, I would say much more severe than this, has a, tendency to make, has a tendency to make people more willing to hear what the Bible says about things. Yeah. I, think a, I think that's a good observation. And then Dwight references Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Uh, we know that all things work together for good to, uh, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. He says, I believe that doing the best we can and serving the Lord as best we can and continuing to love the Lord, as stated in John chapter 14, verse 15, all things will work out as the Lord sees fit. Thank you, Dwight, for that. All right, a lot of good comments. I had one other on mine that this always sticks out in my mind. Uh, from Psalm 37, verse 25, King David said, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Uh, that one always just sticks out in my mind as a, as a promise from God. He's going to make sure we have what we need. All right. Kevin's in the chat room uh, up in Westchester, Ohio tonight. He says, one of my favorite company verses is Psalm 3, verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me and a lifter of my head. Psalm 3, verse 3. Thank you for that, Kevin. And uh, Kelly in the chat room references uh, Psalm 16, 18. The Lord is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. So two important passages from Psalms there, too. To help us take this time as well. All right, good. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, what else we got here? I, I think that covers our first question. Although I think we could talk about that for a long time. That there are just lots of lots of comforting verses in the scripture that we should go to. That they that they should be go to verses for us in time of crisis. This is like something we've never seen before, and it's, it's stressful. It's concerning. Uh, let the scriptures be a comfort to us. We didn't get caught. Cock, if you can hear us, if you can get in there, you got a verse to add to those uh, comforting verses? Well, no. Or if we can, we could search the Bible all night to find some amazing verses. We just have to take comfort that we're in God's hands, and God is, uh, which God is not the cause of this, but he is a protector, and he can he is a comfort for it. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of one we could spend all night because the Bible is full of company verses for us. Uh, and that's another reason why we need to be studying it regularly so we have those at our disposal when we need them at times like this. And, again, you don't get warning uh, for when these times might come as this pandemic is evidence. Uh, you got to do your homework up, up front ahead of time so you've got those in your toolbox when these times come upon us. All right, why don't we uh, – Try and see if we can pull this off and get a break. Um, I'm going to see, do the best I can here. This is a little bit difficult, but uh, we'll get a break. And then when we get back, uh, the next question we're going to discuss. The next question is going to be, what about, how do, how do we view these government instructions about don't travel, stay home, uh, uh, no, no mass meetings? We'll, we'll talk about those. All right, don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement.
When you take away the ice cream socials, the family center, the gym, the fellowship hall, and the plays from your church, what do you have left? Is there anything of real spiritual substance? Is there anything that says this is all about God and not all about me? At the College View Church of Christ, we want to stay focused on the goal of serving God. We don't offer what most churches offer, but we do offer Jesus Christ and Him crucified. If that's what you're looking for, come worship with us this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. at the College View Church of Christ. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. ...issues from the scriptures tonight as we talk about the current crisis that we're in. And so we... We want to hear from you in the chat room uh, or on email tonight, questions at collegeview.com. We've got a, a listener out there who's asked to be added to the mailing list, so we're glad to do that for you. If you want to be on the mailing list, questions at collegeview.com is the way you do that as well. All right. Now, on to the next question. And this one is pertinent. Um, and uh, and, and I, I had you put this on the, on the list of things of, of, about the, the government and the laws because – these are sort of uh, these are sort of difficult for us to to follow these instructions that you got to stay home. Yeah, I want to talk about it in two ways. I mean, I think the way that it's been talked about so far is, can the government tell us not to assemble to worship? Yeah, that, that's a question that's been discussed pretty thoroughly. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But I'm just I'm just thinking about you know, take worship out of the question right for this moment. What about Staying home. What about don't don't get out in big social circles? I mean, so I'm not talking about worship right here, just specifically. I'm just talking about the fact that we've been asked to not to not leave home except for essential activities, and not to not to get in groups of ten or larger for any you know for a party, for a get together, for a birthday party, for. Yeah. And uh, how, how, as Christians, should we view that? Yeah, so yeah, you get that. Uh, so that's, and that, is a, that is a question that we need to think about because, you know, maybe this is the time of year. It's springtime where we would normally maybe have a family gathering. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's uh, Uncle, Uncle Bob's uh, big 60th birthday party, and we had a big event planned for that, and it was going to be a big shindig blowout. Uh, we were going to have the whole family there. There were going to be 40 or 50 people. Uh, and now the, the government comes out and says that. Now, it's, it's, it's unique because usually the government doesn't yes. freedoms like that where we can go where we want to go, do what we want to do, and we don't really, we're not really faced with that challenge on a regular basis. Now, uh, with this, the government's come out and said, ah, you can't do that. And so, you know, we're really bumping into some things that we don't normally have to deal with, where the government's limiting our movement, limiting the certain activities that we can engage in. Uh, well, listen, you know, I, I, it's my birthday. I want a birthday party. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is un-American, really. It's, not, it's actually not my birthday. But I'm just saying, yeah. I, think, I think there's a reaction that says I should be able to, if I want to have a party, if I want to have a group of people over to my house. But the government has said don't do that. And that's a command, that's not even a question about whether our religious liberties are being in, in, infringed. That, that's just an instruction of the government that I think we need to take to heart. And it's not anything we've ever had to deal with before. I mean, they've never told you, you can't go do something. You can, for all of our lives, we could do anything that we wanted to do, anytime that we wanted to do it. And now we've got to deal with these questions. And it's, it's a hard one. It's one that we all need to stop and think about. Um, of course, there's some passages that come immediately to mind. One of them is First Peter chapter two, uh, three thirteen. First Peter two thirteen. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well doing ye may put silence the ignorance of foolish men. And so. Uh, the, the idea that I should not have a, a birthday party right now with 20 people, that's an ordinance of faith, and that's what I've been asked to do by the government. And there's no reason that I should say, I think that, I, I don't think I have to do that. That's, 
That's that's stupid. That's yeah. not pitting. That's not pitting the government against God. That's just them telling me what to do as a citizen, and I ought to do it. And so we've always said, hey, you got to obey the laws of the land. Well, usually that's pretty easy for us. This may be a little bit harder, uh, and it's something that we haven't had to do with before. So we need to stop and think about it and be reminded that, yeah, it's our responsibility to obey the, the laws of the land. Uh, Kent, Kent in Georgia sent in Romans 13.1, 1 Peter 2, verse 13 through 17, indicates the need for Christians to be in obedience to civil law. The only exception would be when civil government would attempt to force us into a state of disobedience to the word of God. Uh, Acts 5, verse 29. In consideration, we ought to obey God rather than men. That's the famous verse. That's right. Uh, in consideration regarding this current pandemic, we are faced with a crisis of which we have not previously had to contend. Obviously, not all areas of our nation will suffer the same consequences as in other areas. However, we need to do our best in compliance with all government mandates and directives to reverse the terrible results of the COVID-19 virus. Medical science seems to indicate that social distancing, along with additional preventative measures, apparently are working. Uh, so, well, I mean, and that's the other thing. It doesn't have to make sense, and it doesn't have to be a good idea, and it doesn't even have to work. You know, they could have said, hey, we want you to stay locked in your bedroom for the next two weeks. Well, that doesn't. Why is it going to be different if I'm in my bedroom or in my in my living room? Well, they said bedroom. I got to be there. So it doesn't have to make sense. I mean, it may not. It may work or it may not. But they said to do it, and we got to do it. Yeah, I, I I think that's something that we need to maybe stress more than we have. This is this is government. In, this is a government instruction. It's not. It's not causing us to be in conflict with God's will at all. This is this is the equivalent to filing your taxes or obeying the speed limit. So they tell us to do it? That's what we ought to do. The speed limit's 25. That's, so that's crazy. That's ridiculous. I can go 50 and not endanger anybody. Well, it said 25. i got to do it. Uh, and, you know, and I, I happen to think maybe this social distancing thing is not going to work in the long term, but I'm not the one who has to decide that. I have to just obey what they said. Eric referenced the first, uh, Romans 13, 1 and 2 as well. Uh, Daniel said just ignoring the orders would be to ignore God. Uh, Romans 13, verse 1. If order to act contrary to God's law, we must obey God rather than men, Acts 529. But he says he equates this with disobeying the government is disobeying God, and that it is, and we need to view it that way. Yeah. Uh, right. <clears throat> Michael Johnson says, As Christians, we should follow the commandment of Romans 13 that we submit to the government in those things that are not salvation issues. It's certainly inconvenient, but that does not justify disobe- disobeying the government's request to shelter in place and regulate travel. So everybody's kind of seeing that the same way. All right. Uh, and then we have Wyatt out of Ames, Iowa tonight. And he's in the chat room, uh, or he was. I don't know if he's still there. Uh, he says, uh, I want to believe the government has the best interest of all humanity in their plans. I do not view this pandemic as persecution of any sort. If it were per- a persecution, I would have to look at 2 Timothy 3, verse 12 differently, where it says, Indeed, all who live godly lives in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. This virus has come to all humanity and not just Christians. We need to do our, uh, we need to, uh, do our best at bringing this virus to a close. Otherwise, the church as a whole could suffer in its faith. My wife and I both work in the healthcare field and strongly encourage people to remember God and put him first, but we need to be caring and understanding to our family, federal brethren, and those we work with, and the general public, as to not cause them harm by transmitting this unseen virus. My best words of advice is pray to God for our worldwide, national, and local authorities to do the right things to help us through this time of crisis. Also pray and give thanks to, for our healthcare workers and everyone else who are helping one another. As for the regulated gatherings of large groups, I strongly believe we try to continue to worship God without the breaking up of congregations, as some have done. This has put our worship to God in a difficult situation where some want to come together as a whole, and some would rather break up into many churches just to stay within the 10-person limit. All right. Uh, in the chat room, Evan uh, says, if you asked one month ago, what would we do if, on the face of government orders? Yet here we are doing some things we say we would never do. I mean, this, uh, as you said a couple times, Jacob, is just this brand-new territory. Uh, these government orders, Kevin goes on to say, these government orders are, again, items we would previously have considered as martial law. This is, this is really extreme stuff, and I agree with him. Uh, 
David in the chat room says the country in many ways is still trying to figure this out uh, as well. There are a lot of lawsuits being filed across the country. It will be interesting to follow this. In cases, the Attorney General for the U.S. has prevented several local jurisdictions from attacking one group activity over another. And that, that I think that's a good observation there. Uh, thankfully, the, the government has, um, in many places, and I'm not saying in every place, but in many places, they've made exceptions for religious activity as being essential. And I, we think they are, obviously. And, uh, and so, in regards to what the government is saying about worship and our, about our privilege to worship, that's a little bit different from place to place. I know where we are here in Tennessee, uh, we've been told that religious activity is considered essential activity. But we've adjusted our uh, assembling uh, in such a way that we can hopefully, and we think so, and our interpretation is, and our police department has agreed, that we are both honoring the government request uh, concerning social distancing while still being able to come together. I think we've talked about this the last two or three weeks because uh, Sunday will be the fourth of our drive-in parking lot worship services here at College View. And so we've, we've actually been trying to accommodate both things. Uh, and I'm, I know that in, not in every jurisdiction will it be the same, but, it, you know, the, the question about can we can we assemble to worship is is a little different, but these other things that we're asked to do we ought to do. Yeah, yep. It's uh, time for us to put our our uh, money where our mouth is, so to speak, and uh, practice what we preach. Uh, and this is definitely a hard one. It's a, it's a hard one for me. You know, there's things that I want to do, and and it just sort of it sort of rubs you the wrong way when you think uh, I can't go, I can't do that. I, I've got to. I've got to stay put. So, all right. But it is uh, the law, so it's a good it's a good lesson for us to learn uh, as we uh, go into this pandemic. Yeah. All right. Uh, any other comments there? Kyle, got anything? Uh, which I hope my hope everything's still in sync here. But uh, I think this is not persecution. That's been talked about many times. So we're not being persecuted. This is something that's for our own health and safety. Like one of our brothers uh, commented that. If there was a tornado between us and church, we would not make the drive to church through the tornado to get the, the worship services, but or to get to where we need to go if it was for any other reason. But this is a government mandated for our own protection, so we need to take that in mind. This is not a persecution. Either. We just found out one of Kyle's hidden talents. He should be a ventriloquist. He can talk without his mouth moving. <laughs> yeah. So your your video is a little jerky there, Kyle, but you're, you sound good, so that's good. All right, let's get a break. Uh, when we get back, the next question for us tonight. All right, when we get back, we want to talk about benevolence. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be some people who, who are going to be in economic need. Uh, and so uh, how should we view the potential benevolent situations that are going to get worse? Uh, maybe even as the pandemic gets better, some of the economic fallout might get worse. So we'll talk about that. All right, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to get to it right after this week's bullet point. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Wayne of this week's bullet point. There's no debate. Everyone agrees. The evidence is abundantly clear. We are the richest people who have ever lived in the history of the world. We are more prosperous than any society that has ever existed, and we are more materially blessed than any other people living today. These indisputable facts should prompt several necessary responses from us. First, thanksgiving. We should never imagine that all of this abundance has resulted from our own initiative and effort. Instead, we must realize that our unique situation has resulted from many things done by others that have preceded us, and ultimately God deserves the credit for every good gift. James 1, verse 17. So be thankful. Second, benevolence. Quote, Whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up the bowels of compassion on him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? First John 3, verse 17. In our prosperity, let us not forget to look for opportunities to do good unto all men. Galatians 6, verse 10. Surely God will not hold us guiltless if we hoard our wealth and refuse to assist the legitimately needy. 
Third, liberality. In the episode of the Widow's Mites, Mark chapter 12, beginning verse 41, Jesus commended the widow for her sacrificial giving while noting that others had only given of their abundance. What about us? In regards to our giving to the Lord, are we sacrificial or do we only give what's left over after we have spent for everything else we want? And finally, caution. Jesus said, quote, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things that he possesseth. Luke 12, verse 15. If there ever was a people that need this warning, it's us. There's a great danger that we will begin to measure our life by money and things instead of recognizing the true value of our spiritual service to God. Be careful. Don't let prosperity cause you to set the wrong priorities in your life. God must be first, always. Our great prosperity poses tremendous challenges to us all. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. And then we country road. Um, this is the verse of Bible sub D. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. Welcome you back. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. Uh, and you can check it out, uh, check out collegeview.com. Kyle's got some videos up there of our services, and we'll uh, have a Sunday night service that is online only now, as well as a Wednesday night Bible study uh, that's online only, and so you want to check those out. If you've got, uh, it's a little different because we're not doing the live stream on Sunday morning because we're out in the parking lot uh, and we're having our drive-in service, and so we're not live streaming Sunday morning lessons, but we are having a, a, a live stream sermon on Sunday night, and we're having a, a, a live streamed Bible class on Wednesday. And I might mention that uh, we've sort of gone to a couple of series things there that I, I think are important and might be helpful, and some people might want to take advantage of. On Sunday night, we've started a series on Bible authority. So the, the, the live stream sermons on Sunday night are going to be about Bible authority, which is obviously a very essential topic. And then on Wednesday night, we're studying verse by verse through the book of Acts, which is such a critical, basic, fundamental study uh, and so important for us because the, the book of Acts tells us what those early Christians did and how they did it and what we ought to be doing ourselves. And so I think both of those studies, Sunday night, Bible authority, Wednesday night, the book of Acts. Yep, and then you talk about that parking lot service. That, uh, something that we talked 30, 30 days ago, we wouldn't have ever considered a parking lot service. We would have railed on folks having a parking lot service. Uh, but we're doing it now for going on our fourth week. And, uh, we welcome folks in the, in the area to come if you, uh, if you don't have a place to worship on Sunday, come and join us for that. 1030 on Sunday morning. Uh, just a sidebar, you know, Talk about how it's just beyond the question. We had, t- we had put out signs in the front yard on big four by eight signs, and we were trying to encourage people that we were serious about Bible study, that we're serious about doing what the Bible says, not all these gimmicks that people are doing. So out in the front yard, we had two big four by eight signs that said, no gimmicks, just the gospel. And then the pandemic hit. And next week, the very next week, we started to drive in. Service. No, he actually took those signs down and on the back of them wrote drive and worship. <laughs> so, yeah, this tells you how quickly. It's, it's going to be a while before we can put the no gimmick signs back in the yard. Yeah, but it's not a gimmick. It's for real. We're, we're holding this as normal a worship as we can, so come and be a part of it. All right, next question for us. Okay, so the question that we sent out was, uh, as our economy is increasingly affected by this crisis and as more people begin to suffer economically, what things should be taken into account concerning benevolence toward those in need? Specifically, what things should we consider congregationally and what things should we consider individually? Okay. Let me just start with a general observation, and that is that God expects us to be a benevolent people. Right. In our bullet point just a few moments ago, we talked about our great prosperity. We 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 have been in such a, an era of prosperity. I mean, uh, even in the most recent times, I mean, our economy has been just off the charts excellent. Uh, everybody that wants a job has a job, a good paying job. People are doing well. Now, this is changing things. The last few weeks have started to change things pretty dra- drastically, and I think we may – 
we may have a lingering, a long lingering consequence economically of all this that's going on right now. But saying all that with our prosperity and all of the Bible instructions about being benevolent, obviously, I think there's a big burden on us. We need to be a benevolently minded people. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive both in the Old Testament and in the New how much that God instructed his people to care for the poor and the, and the oppressed uh, and, and to have a, a such a mindset to be benevolent. So I don't think we can understate the importance of that for God's people, be a benevolent people. Yeah, and so we talked about the government uh, and uh, new opportunities to, to test our faith and are we willing to submit to the government like we haven't submitted before? Maybe new opportunities to test our faith in the area of benevolence. Are we willing to give? like we haven't given before. Uh, you know, how many times have you heard people say, well, you know, there's just, I just don't know of any, anybody that uh, really needs anything or that, you know, I don't, there's just not, not a lot of needs in our society today. Well, that may change here uh, in very short order. Uh, and so uh, we may have. Kevin has been, Kevin has been commenting in the chat room. He said one of the first questions the elders where he is asked during week one of the, of the crisis was please, please, please members, let us know if you have any need that arises. So, it sounds like the folks and the leadership of the congregation there, where Kevin is very much attuned to that, and that's a good thing. He said, we knew early, and it has become evident that people would lose their income. Galatians 6, verse 10 says, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto everyone, especially to those of the household faith. Galatians 6, verse 10. Right on, Kevin. And uh, and I would like to add something to that. You know, we obviously have an obligation to help those who are in need. Um but we can't fulfill that obligation if those who are in need are unwilling to accept the need. And so we need to be humble if we are in need and someone can fulfill that need. We're actually doing them a favor by letting them uh, uh, fulfill their, their duty uh, to, to help those who are in need. So uh, we need to be willing to accept the need when the need, or the gift when the need is there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kent in Georgia said, individually, we need to seek to be as benevolent with others as we possibly have the ability to do so. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Collectively, as local New Testament churches, we need to recognize the biblical principle of generosity to assist brethren in their legitimate needs. Romans 15, 23 through 27, and 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 9. Now, we don't have time to dive in deeply into this question of church benevolence. We have done that before on the virtual Bible study, but I think uh, Kent's point, he, he, he brings out, you know, that congregationally, and this is what, one of the things that I had in mind when I asked the question, congregationally, the authority of the scriptures is for churches to be benevolent toward needy saints. The, the Lord gave the church a, a limited role in benevolence. Not a, the, the church is not a general benevolent society. There are instances, there have been historically, there were in the New Testament times, they, they, as we said, they very well be, may be now. Times when Christians get into deep need and, and the church is authorized and should help in such matters, we're supposed to do that. But we don't have authority for the church to, to be a general benevolent society to help all. That falls upon us as individuals. And in the verse that Kevin mentioned in the chat room, Galatians 6.10 is addressed to us as individuals, as we have, therefore, opportunity let us do good unto all men, especially those household things. Now, that's, that's the context, and you can study that context from verse 1 clear down through verse 10 there in Galatians chapter 6. is clearly addressing individual Christians. And so, as an individual, I should help anybody and everybody I find in need who has a legitimate need that I can assist. Uh, opportunity, as we have, therefore, opportunity. Opportunity means the, 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 I'm confronted with the situation and I have the ability. So the situation, the circumstance, and the ability to help makes me responsible. As we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. So uh, one of the things that, again, we don't have time to dive too deeply into that. And that's actually been a divisive question through the years. But we we firmly understand that the scriptures teach that the church's role in benevolence is limited. And it is specifically toward those who are needy saints. And in the passages that Kent referenced in Romans 15, 23 and following, 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 and following, also some of chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, 
uh, we can talk about that more in, in another episode of the Virtual Bible Study. We have talked about it in the past. But congregationally, we're limited. Individually, we're only limited by our ability to help in legitimate cases. In legitimate, we're, yeah, that, that's where we're limited individually. I mean, it needs to be a legitimate case, and uh, uh, certainly. But uh, I like what Kevin said in the chat room. He says, we, need, we, the church, need to make sure that our benevolence budget is not one of the smalling, smallest spending categories. Yeah. We, we, uh, and, and sometimes it is because the needs we haven't found the needs that we can really address, but we may have plenty of opportunity to move that way up on our budgeting uh, in times like And there that. would be no problem with that being the largest part of our budget if the need Absolutely presented not. itself. Yeah. Yeah. So we, shouldn't feel, we shouldn't feel guilty that, hey, we're spending this to help sister so-and-so pay the rent, uh, no, that, that's, that's legitimate, and that's, that's what the, but the, the, the collection, the contribution of the, uh, the, the I, I, savings I, I, is there for. First yeah. um, uh, John, so uh, Eric referenced First John 3.17, and I like this passage as we think about this and our, our, our need, uh, but whosoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, and shuts up his heart from him. How does the love of God abide in him? Uh, sobering thoughts for us there as we think about our obligation to our fellow man. Yeah. And Daniel, uh, is Daniel in Florida or Georgia? Daniel's in Florida. In Florida, okay. So Daniel says, uh, willingly and individually do good to others, especially to brethren, Galatians 6.10. That means me making an effort to know how and who I can help. Maybe money, food, or an extra set of hands. Those in need may not always be quick to ask for help. So he's saying you got to be attuned to this. You need to be. You need to have your eyes and ears open. Uh, that's a really good uh, thing to emphasize. He says also contribute to the local work. Work uh, contributing generously uh, so that the church can do its benevolent uh, responsibilities. He references Acts four thirty four and following. When a great needs arise, we should send send aid to our brother. You know, the only the only New Testament pattern that we have for one church sending money to another church was in cases of benevolence. Uh, Acts eleven verses twenty nine thirty second Corinthians nine verse twelve. So uh, if, if so, let's say that we found out that there's a church. You know, New York City is particularly bad hit by this pandemic. We got brethren in New York City. We find out that they're in a desperate need. We can send congregationally one congregation to another in a matter of benevolence, and there's a Bible pattern for that. In fact, it's the only Bible pattern for churches sending money between themselves. All right. Um, appreciate those comments uh, from our listeners. Got one from Dwight here. Dwight says we need to be in contact with each other and to make sure we are all being taken care of. This is so important as this is one way we show love and consideration to our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. And so being in contact at this time is very important. Yeah. All right. Yes. Kyle, got any thoughts on that? Yeah, which I think uh, those of us who are blessed to still be able to go to work, who have a, a job has not had any setbacks, uh, there may be a few jobs right now. Healthcare, especially those who are in like, just keeping the uh, ears of the world or, or United States moving. I think those people are still working. Uh, yeah. Grocery workers and everybody like that logistically. So, um, if you're able, if you're still working, continue your contributions to the church and keep your eye on those who can, uh, who need help around us who may not be, who may just be individual benevolence. We need to be our eyes open and continue our contributions. If not increase, we can do yeah, we make sure we do our part. I think you're exactly right, Kyle. I wanted to add one other point that sometimes I think we don't stress enough, and that is that in the in the question of congregational benevolence, the church is actually the avenue of last resort, not the first resort. Uh, for instance. Uh, Jacob is my son, and he and uh, my grandchildren are running around there behind him uh, in the video tonight. Yeah, they have. They've not been following orders. I guess I don't know. <laughs> and so, but I would tell you, if Jacob gets in need, and I'm able to help, then I should be the one to help. He shouldn't go to the congregation and say I need help. If I'm able to help, 
that's my job first. He's he's a family, and I have a responsibility. I would use First uh, Corinthians chapter five, uh, verse eight. Uh, he provides not for his own, especially for those of his own house. He hath denied the faith, worse than an infidel. Skip down to verse sixteen. If any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church be charged that it may relieve them that are widows indeed. You see that family, family's first resort. Family is the avenue of first resort. The church, so family can help. They should do that so that the church is not obligated and the church can help in situations where there is no other course of action. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's get a break, and then we'll go to the top of the hour. Uh, last question for us tonight is one that, uh, well, it's uh, it's becoming maybe more increasingly uh, uh and questions now, what, uh, what about the, the last question you got for us tonight? So the last question is, some people have been suggesting that the worldwide pandemic is a judgment sent from God. Do you agree? Why or why not? All right. We're going to get that on the other side of the break, and we'll go to the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Are you sure that the Bible said something, but you just don't know where? Is your salvation based on a passage that you know is in the Bible, but when asked, you couldn't find it? Do you do things in worship, but you couldn't turn to a book, chapter, and verse to show that God wants you to do it? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may be suffering from BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The College View Church of Christ is dedicated to overcoming Bible deficit disorder in the metro area by teaching the Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible. You are invited to attend our worship services on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Join us in the fight against Bible deficit disorder. Attend one of our services for a healthy dose of the Bible. That's at the College View Church of Christ. Please don't give in to Bible deficit disorder. My name is Rick Harris, and I love to listen to the Birdful Bible Study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly Internet Bible Study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night. A streaming Bible study. Why yeah, didn't I think of that? Tonight. Now back we to the guys. talking about uh, various issues and questions and concerns that folks have as uh, we face uh, this uh, pandemic and uncharted territory. Uh, lots of things for us to keep in mind. Lots of opportunities for our faith to be challenged, uh, but uh, for our faith to grow as a result of the difficult times that we're going through. Uh, last question for us to consider tonight. So the last question is, is this, is this something that God put on us? I mean, uh, is this a judgment of God uh, toward the world? You really can't say it's just toward one part of the world or one nation of the world because the whole world is. Uh, our understanding is has been affected by this pandemic. Uh, President Trump in his daily briefings has been uh, mentioning 150 some countries. I, there's only, I don't know how many countries there are in the world, but almost every one of them has been hit by the the uh, uh, coronavirus pandemic. And so he couldn't say he's judging America or he's judging China or uh, anything like that. This has gone everywhere. Is it from God? And, and there are people who are saying that it is. And we ask our uh, our email uh, update list, what do you think? Uh, we got some responses on that, Jacob. We did. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia says, I certainly believe in the providence of God. However, providence is God working behind the scenes in a non-confirmatory manner. Uh, during the days of inspiration, without a doubt, inspired individuals could interpret providential acts of God when such came under his divine purview. In our times, we do not have inspired men to interpret God's providence for us. Another factor to consider is that because of the nature of divine providence, none of us can would certainly state a specific action is providential. Miracles were confirmatory in their nature. Divine providence is not. It is God working behind the scenes. Recognition of this truth discourages me to assert that the current pandemic is the result of the judgment of God. It is my personal conviction that COVID-19 is the result and or consequence, like other all other forms of illness, of sin being introduced into the world in the Garden of Eden, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Yeah. I, I, I would be right on the same page as Kent in that. You know, we know that God did send disease and plague as judgments in Bible times, and, and we read about that in the Scripture. 
But the, the, there we know it was from God because the scriptures tell us so. And so we could say with, with definite certainty, yeah, God did that. But now, since Revelation has ended and God's not revealing things to us directly as he did in Bible times, now we have the perfect written word. We we could not, I mean, certainly God is alive and act, as Kent mentioned, he's, he works providentially in the world today, but we don't, providence by its very nature says we can't prove uh anything about it and so god is active in the world but we couldn't say with any certainty that he that he sent this as a judgment you know that that question comes up whenever there's a bad hurricane that hits someplace oh god sent there you remember remember hurricane katrina well back in 2005 jacob one of our very early episodes of the virtual bible site we asked the question did god send the hurricane and there were people who were saying that he did send it because new orleans is such a wicked city and God sent Hurricane Katrina and devastated New Orleans as a judgment. You can't say that. We don't know because we don't have direct revelation today. They're saying it again. New Orleans, New York, uh, California, uh, China, you know, uh, places that don't, uh, are not known for their conviction to God. Uh, they're saying, well, this is their punishment. And again, we just don't know the answer to that. I think Kid's um, final, I think Kid's final comment there's a good one though. We do know that Sickness and death are in the world because of sin, and that. But that's our way back in the Garden of Eden. Not anything specific to this day and time. Uh, here's Eric's response, and he's in the chat room tonight. He's in Columbia, and he says, uh, "I don't know the answer to this, and I'm curious to what scriptures would support this assertion." But the question made me think of this passage, Second Chronicles seven thirteen through fifteen. Now, this is uh, God talking to. Uh, the children of Israel, when I shut the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send my, a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. All right, so... <clears throat> Again, a little different because back in those times, God would reveal to them, you know, by his prophets, he would say, okay, this is what's happening. Uh, you, you think of some of, for instance, uh, some of the plagues that, that occurred in the Israelites when they were coming out of Egyptian bondage, you know, that uh, they were specific to specific rebellion that, that, that the people had engaged. And when they, people turned back to God, then he did heal them. Uh, I don't, I, again, the application of that to our time is that we don't have those prophets who can say, yep, that's from God for sure. And we need to turn to God and he'll heal the land. I, I, I think God blesses us to do what's right, but I don't know that we could apply that principle in this case because we don't have modern day revelation. And whether he heals the land or not, we should be praying for him and uh, we should make sure that we are right with him. Uh, uh, so that we are ready uh, to meet him in the end. Uh, Daniel is down in Florida. He references Matthew 5, verse 45, where God sends sunshine and rain on the just and the unjust. God also chastens his children. Hebrews 12, verse 6, God judges. Amos chapter 4, verses 6 through 13. Who can say what God's purpose is? This is a good opportunity to prepare to meet the judge. Luke 2, 13, verses 2 and 3. Okay. Um, Michael sent in an email. He says, as of, as of now, I do not agree this is a judgment from God. Throughout the Bible, when God brought judgment on people, whether it be a nation or even the whole world, it was swift and it was complete and it was devastating. Right now, using the numbers from the CDC, if a person of any age has no underlying health conditions, their survival rate is right at 99%. God brought judgment on the whole world in Genesis in the flood, and only eight people survived. Oh, now, now that's not to say that this could certainly turn worse and become much more deadly in the coming weeks. But as of now, it certainly doesn't fit God's judgments as we read about them in the past. I thought that was kind of interesting. He said, if it's a judgment from God, it's not like the judgments he typically had said that we have historical reference to in the Bible. Because those were way, you know, extreme. We wouldn't be, sitting, we wouldn't be able to stand around and talk about uh, whether or not this was from God at that point. 
Uh, Dwight says, I do not agree that there's any sort of judgment from God any more than a tornado or hurricane or flood that ravishes a community. God will send his judgment through fire and brimstone, and as a thief in the night, he will return. We saw this coming, but was not sure the extent it was coming. Uh, we prepared for it and continue to do so. 1 Corinthians 5, 15, 52, and 53, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 2 and 3. Yeah. And then in the chat room, um, Kevin uh, uh, says, uh, I'm afraid that folks look at every current calamity and strive to connect them to calamities spoken in Scripture, always out of context. Uh, he says, if, a big if, Matthew 24, verses 4 and following is regarding things happening today, see verse, uh, verse 6 says, see that you are not alarmed. He says it's a big if. Yeah, I don't think that that is talking about what we have today. So he says, so if folks were trying to correlate, they should simply put their trust in God and not be concerned about those events. So yeah, he said, even if Matthew 24 is talking about stuff happening today, uh, it says, yeah, don't be alarmed. Trust in God. Yeah, yeah, very good. All right. All right. I think that covers it, Jacob. I think we got all of our emailers in and caught some good comments out of the chat room. Uh, you know, when you and I talked earlier this week about what what will we cover on the virtual Bible study this week, I think both of us in, in, agreed, you know, how could we talk about anything other than the, the coronavirus crisis? That's the only thing on people's minds right now. Uh, but I hope we've been able to look at it in, in some ways that have not been maybe uh, talked about as much or explored as thoroughly as, as some of the things we talked about. And I hope it's helpful uh, in, as all of us are dealing with some really new things in our lives that we've never seen before. Yeah, so it is pertinent to talk about. Hopefully soon we'll be back to normal and we can talk about other uh, things that we're dealing with. And, and if we can get back to normal, we'll be a little smoother than, than our production tonight, but it's been better than nothing. Better than, well, hopefully it has been. <laughs> it's been a little bit sketchy tonight, but hopefully we've made, made it work. Uh, Kyle has been here. That's part of the problem. Kyle's not behind the controls tonight. Yeah, Kyle's not able to flip the switches for us. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah we'd look a lot better if Kyle had his hand in it, but uh, Kyle, glad you could join us tonight. Yeah, it was good to be here as always. I'm glad I could help. All, All right. right. Well, then, um, remind our listeners Sunday morning at 1030. Okay. So if you're in the Middle Tennessee area and if you can drive to Columbia, Tennessee, we're going to have for uh, our fourth week uh, our drive-in worship service in the parking lot. It's really – our brethren have been just really positive and encouraged uh, uh, by this special effort to keep meeting – while also trying to comply with the government instructions about limited social interactions. Uh, it's been really good. We've really enjoyed it. I think it's been a positive thing for the church here. We've had a number of visitors. We've had visitors from other congregations. We've had visitors from our community. And so it's been a really good thing. So if you're within a driving distance of Columbia, Tennessee, and you don't have someplace else where you can worship, join us Sunday morning at 1030 for our drive-in worship service in the parking lot here at College U. Uh, Church of Christ. Then remember, Sunday night at six, by a streamed sermon. Uh, so, uh, and it's going to be about Bible authority. A second lesson on Bible authority. If you if you missed the first one and you want to pick it up, it, it's archived on our YouTube page, College U Live Stream, our YouTube channel, College U Live Stream. Then on Wednesday night, Lord willing, we'll continue our study of the Book of Acts, uh, and that is also on our live stream, uh, the archives of our previous studies. We're, we're about halfway through Chapter 2 right now, but you can catch up with that by going back and looking at the archived uh, versions of the previous studies we've done. So, come to you live stream. And that drive-in worship is as close to a normal worship as you could have in a parking lot. Exactly right. You know, we've quit cleaning the auditorium now. Now we're just keeping the grass cut. Yeah. yeah. We're mowing the auditorium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, come and be with us on that. Well, Dad, thanks for your time tonight. Nice, Jacob. Thank you, Kyle, for being here with us. Glad that uh, we got to be with you. Glad that you were on the other end of the line tonight. I hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back to this time next week for the, another edition of the Verb Bible Study.
And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the Internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.